Hello and welcome to the Keeping the Peace podcast with me, Alexis Powell Howard. Today we're going to be talking about the masks we wear and this is this podcast is to support a, a webinar that I'm delivering for Oscar Kilo about masks that are worn in policing. Today I'm joined by DCI Pete Thorpe from Humberside Police who is going to talk to me about his thoughts around the masks that are worn in policing and also his own masks. Um, having sent him uh, a mask to decorate and uh, he's brought it with him today so we're going to talk about this. We are recording on Zoom today so the sound quality might not be as um, as you'd expect but we just wanted to cover the ideas behind the masks and what that might mean and how you might interpret that for yourselves. So you may not have been part of the webinar but that doesn't matter because this will be relevant to anybody really. Morning Pete. Morning, how are you? <laughs> Good thank you. Uh, thanks for coming to join me about this one. Um, I wanted to ask you to be involved in it because we work together quite a lot on different um, parts of the training and you've been to the training that we've delivered called Keeping the Peace. So I know that you understand the concept of the masks um, because we talk about it in the training, don't we? We do, yeah. Yeah. So can you tell me a bit about what you've thought about in relation to this topic, really? Yeah, I think when you asked me to, to do it and actually do the mask, I felt quite happy um, calling it in and when I worked out what I wanted to sort of put down but I still had some apprehension I suppose in the background about sort of showing it to anybody mm. and actually you know sort of not bearing your soul but having that confidence to sort of say certainly when you do the, the flip side of the mask um, you know that, that felt very personal and, and quite sensitive almost in many ways so I think you have to be quite brave to um to do it and sort of be open to other people sort of seeing that side of you because I think sometimes certainly in my experience of being in the police is it's not necessarily a macho environment but there is something about not really sort of talking about your feelings or talking about you know what's currently going on in your mind and it's all about sort of just sort of getting on with it and pulling your big boys pants up and sort of doing the business really so in that sense it was it was an interesting experience to do it personally um, but no, it felt good. Um, the only slight issue is I'm colourblind. So <laughs> when I talk through what I've coloured in, might not represent what I've coloured in. It's going to be interesting then. <laughs> <laughs> Could go anywhere with this. <laughs> um, so just for those people who don't know, um, the reason that we, we are talking about masks is because it's something that we use um, in therapy uh, with clients and it's a really um, creative way of being able to understand what we show on the outside and what we keep hidden or what we might be aware of or maybe even unaware of on the inside. So the mask that Pete's referring to is um, a papier-mâché mask that he's decorated on the outside and on the inside to represent, um, you know, how he's interpreted that. And having done this with, you know, lots of clients over the years and also having done it as a, a project that we did with a community where lots of people sent in, you know, we sent masks out and they sent them back in that they decorated. Um, it's interesting to kind of explore, but as you've said, it's kind of there, you know, you've decorated it, it's, it's out there, it's not in your head anymore, and it's actually something you've expressed creatively, which can be yeah, challenging. it definitely is challenging. And just sort of having it with me today, it's like, when I look at it, it's like, it's a bit weird, the mask anyway, to look at, if you know what I mean, but it's like, yeah, looking at the inside of it, certainly, you sort of think, hmm, do I really want to go there? But I'll go there, it'll be fine. Brilliant, thank you. Thanks for taking that risk as well, I appreciate it. So tell me a little bit about how you approached it. What did you, because everyone does this differently. So what were your kind of thought processes as you kind of did that? Well, initially I was trying to think how to sort of creatively express what I wanted to put on it. And then um, 
I'm not a very good drawer, so the thought of drawing pictures sort of quickly went out of my mind. So then I started thinking about colours and the meaning of colours. So I actually did a bit of research on the internet about what different colours mean. Um, and then with the help of some colouring pencils that have got the colours written on them so I don't colour in the wrong colour, um, I sort of just, just started colouring in, really. And, and I got to a point where I sort of went with some bold, sort of quite regimented sort of colouring in on the front. Uh, and then when you turn it over, it, it got a bit crazy, really. So mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it was interesting. And finding out what some of the colours sort of represent and how you can interpret that was really interesting, actually. So it's it's artistic, I think, is a safe way to describe it. <laughs> uh, crea- yeah, creative. It can be anything. It's down to interpretation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I noticed on the front, because um, obviously I've got photographs in front of me, um, I noticed on the front that it was quite kind of compartmentalised, really. Was that your intention to kind of have that separateness around the different colours? Yeah, I think so. And trying to just, uh, it's interesting because when I was thinking about doing this, um, it's like, this is what I think I project. And it'd be really interesting, I think, to get other people to colour the front of your masking for you and see what they see. And you just do the backside. But I was trying to represent some sort of, I think the way I portray myself in my professional life, certainly, it's quite, organized quite structured um and quite straightforward in terms of i think people understand what i who i am and what i'm like um and i was trying to put that into a contrast then of what's on the reverse where it's a bit more chaotic and very different colors as well the colors don't match up very much i mean there's blue on the front and the back and for me that was about um having some maybe a little bit conservative, but being professional and thinking about um, being reliable and having some loyalty and some honour and being able to sort of be trustworthy. And that's for me what that blue represents. So it features quite predominantly on the front, but also features on a section on the flip side as well. So there was some commonality, if you like, between what I put out there and what is really going on, if you like. But then the other colours are not represented at all on the inside or on the outside. So which thinking about it now is maybe a bit odd in a way <laughs> but um yeah but the blue the blue color that you've talked about there feels like it represents those values that are important to you that that was something you want you know it's on you know you have those values internally and it's something that you're keen to show on the on the outside but also within your role and you know it feels like the role fits with those yeah. values yeah massively and I suppose my job is a I don't like to use the word senior leader but as a, a leader of an, a team and of a department you know it's really important to me that I am reliable and that the people I work with can trust me and feel that I've got their back and that we're really professional in what we do. So to me, that was really important to, to reflect that really strongly. And it, for me, it was really important to demonstrate that that does come from within as well. It's a consistent thing. So yeah, on the inside, we're going to talk about my um, insecurity and dark thoughts and all the rest of it. But the one thing I want, I'm careful to make sure that people see is actually what's really, you know, my core values, if you like, it's, you know, it's all about that, that need to be reliable and have that professional, that stability sort of thing and Mm. trustworthiness was really important. So that's why it sort of came out on both sides, I think. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's important because the mask is almost like the filter, isn't it? From what's going on on the inside to what you're showing on the outside or, how you'd like yeah. other people to see you on the outside as well, you know, especially as a leader in a, in a management role as well. It's important, isn't it, to kind of think about that? 
Yeah, and I think, like you said, that how you want people to see you is, is really interesting, isn't it? Because you don't necessarily want people to see you as a bit of a insecure mess. Mm. They want to see you sort of being quite strong and bold. And I guess that's why this, the way I've done it on the front is to maybe try and reflect what I want to project to people. Mm. Whereas if, you know, if I was to show this to my wife, the front bit, she'd be like, that's not really you. Mm. But if I showed her the other side, she'd be like, oh, yeah, no, that is you. That makes more sense. So, and I think that's interesting, isn't it? How people, how do you get over that barrier to actually feel more comfortable to show people the inside bit who you work with mm. um, or anybody actually, because you might not want to show anybody the inside bit. No, and I think sometimes it's how, it's it's interesting to think about who you do take that kind of front layer off with, you know, yeah. you know, because it is, a, it might only be a really small number of people. It might only be one person, but some people don't have anyone that they do that with. So, you know, it's almost like it's it's like a shadow part of themselves that they hold on to, but don't show anybody. And that might be related to all sorts of different reasons about not wanting to be vulnerable or not, you know, feeling ashamed of feeling that way or embarrassed or whatever it might be. But, Absolutely. but we, keeping that mask on all the time is actually really hard work. And I think sometimes by the time, you know, we see people at Fortis with with mental health, it's like that, that's, it, it's not... Um, sustainable to keep that mask on in the same way every day when actually there's a lot of things going on under the surface that aren't being expressed and are just getting worse really no absolutely I think you know if you can get over that fear that you're going to be judged or people are going to think something about you that and show some sort of weakness and that's a cultural thing I think wider in the police I think quite often people form perceptions with the people and that's then becomes the truth or the narrative around that individual where actually it's just a perception mm. Um, and I think if people, if we felt generally more comfortable to be able to be ourselves and be more aligned to our own values sometimes, I think that would be of a real benefit to us. And, and certainly I think for me, having that blue on either side is the way I sort of come across and sort of demonstrate what my values are, I suppose, and how that informs how I operate at work. Absolutely. So you've got three other colours on the front there that are kind of in sections as well. Which, which What do they represent? So the red, I've got a big red, well, half my forehead's red and half's yellow. Mm. Um, so the red is all about um, strength, energy, um, passion, sort of boldness. So, and I think I try to project that in terms of, and it sort of marries up with the yellow really as well, thinking about, you know, being positive, optimism, it's sort of a bright, sort of happy, lively sort of colour. So taking those together, mm. um, trying to sort of be that person that is positive and is going to be upbeat about something and, you know, be quite strong in trying to make something happen or do something. And I, I hope that is reflected in the actual output. I mean, you work with me, you know me mm. and work with me, so you kind of get a bit of both. Mm. Um but hopefully that comes across in how I am. So it was all about really just sort of that bold, you know, bright, strong colours that represent positivity, strength, um, and like a, a determination to do something and a passion about something. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I was going with those. I think, I mean, for me, I, I definitely see that when, you know, we're working on projects or thinking about how to do something, you know, is that, that kind of coming up with solutions and the, and the, thinking outside of the kind of box if you like which I hate that phrase but you know what I mean it's like kind yeah. of coming up with creative ideas and and I think that does take energy and, and innovation and to be passionate about what it what's important because otherwise you don't have that you don't 
become connected to coming up with those ideas and those solutions because you know things don't seem that important otherwise so being able to kind of recognize actually there's an energy here and there's um a, a want to be seen as well to be driving things forward and putting in new ideas I think is really important to who who you are and how you portray yourself as well within your role mm. yeah no absolutely and I think that's kind of where I was getting with the orange because the other part of it is orange mm. so my uh, right cheek is orange and um that's again another bright sort of trying to demonstrate that create that represents to me creativity and enthusiasm and cheerfulness so it would be silly of me to come to work and be really down and miserable or irritated and annoyed about the state of the world or you know the the massive challenges that we have in policing um and to come and be like that is just going to but puts everybody on the on the wrong foot then straight away and think it's really important in a leadership role that you are really clear about be realistic and be honest about that but you know let's try and think how we make it better rather than mm. just dwelling on saying it's all rubbish and oh my god it's terrible it's never going to get any better well it never will with that attitude so let's at least try something if it doesn't work doesn't work we'll try something else but let's give it a go and I think hopefully coupled them with that you know being truthful um, and being that reliable sort of the blue bit comes into it as well and hopefully that collectively sort of gives the people that I work with you know some general sense of hope that we are going to try and make things better and we are you know trying to look after them and support them and working in the environment I work in which is in the public protection public protection arena then the staff really feel that it's a real high risk pressurized role for them and it's important that they have someone that is going to be positive but honest with them at the same time and is going to be you know full of energy trying to improve what we do for our staff but for the victims as well and for the public at large so that's why I felt I wanted to go pretty strong if you like on just really bold for colours mm. as well that sort of are quite distinct and positive as well because that's I was just thinking there yeah. about you know how you you know because there will be times when you don't feel as you know full of energy or as positive and it's it's how you manage that for yourself as well isn't it because what what you might I was just thinking when you were talking there's if you are feeling in a negative place and other people are negative you can get kind of get into those collusive conversations where it literally just spirals down into nothing's any good and the, you know what's the point in yeah. us keeping keeping going and doing what we're doing but actually by not kind of engaging with those ideas and, and trying to bring other people up you know even if you're not feeling up feels like that's really important you know that's something that you work hard to do yeah massively and I think it's it's I think in a way maybe that's why the flip side of the mask is very different because it's it's not disingenuous the front of the mask um but it's it's an, a per, it serves a need and that, you know my role is to do that if you see what I mean so yeah. yeah I might be having an off day and something might be really irritating me but to project that in the wrong environment would not be the right thing to do so I don't think it's about having you know, like a split person because when I first started doing them I said oh my god I've got a really bad like split personality <laughs> thing where the front is totally different to the back but then as I thought about it more, maybe I'm just rationalizing it and making, making my craziness feel a bit better in my own head. But, you know, for me, I have quite, and we've talked about this before, 
in other things that we've done together where it's about having some sort of delineation between your work professional life and the rest of your life because otherwise certainly in some roles and there's some really difficult jobs to do in policing if it consumes you and becomes your entire life you are living in this world that is not representative of what the world actually is because you only see the bad bits and you only see the really difficult bits so if you can't delineate some of that then I think that causes people more anxiety more stress and then puts you into that negative cycle as well Mm, definitely I think that's a really good point and I think um, the second series of podcasts that we're working on at the minute is about that isn't it is how to keep keep well and keep that in focus whilst also doing a job that's you know really difficult and like you said you can see the worst of what's going on in society and how to keep how to keep buoyant uh, and get that balance whilst you're doing that which sometimes will be easier than others but it's just keeping it in mind really yeah it is and then it's been having that genuineness about it as well Mm -hmm. so whatever you've got on the front it can't be fake it has to be something you believe and is you know a part of you so for me the two sides and not that in many ways aren't distinct at the same time because it does reflect other parts of me but this is almost like this is what I want people to see Mm. and I I wonder as well that the blue the blue as you were talking there I thought the blue almost grounds you in how you you know what you want to put out on the outside what's going on on the inside but the the it always comes back to that that value based doesn't it as well so that kind of feels like it grounds you in that you're listening to the Keeping the Peace podcast, brought to you in partnership with Fortis Therapy and Training, Oscar Kilo and Humberside Police. So tell me a bit about what's going on on the inside, because obviously we've got <laughs> layers of colours here. <laughs> um, we've got some boxes as well. Yeah. So um, the colour, the predominant colour across the most is um, it's supposed to be violet, uh, which is representing... Um, sort of sensitive sides and maybe a little bit insecure yeah. and that's sort of taken a broad sweep across most of the top half of my head where my brain is if you yeah. see what I mean and I think that is probably a much more honest you know having that constant sort of feeling about um oh have I done something right or is it good enough or is there a better way I could have done that or why has someone not appreciate that amazing thing I've just done or um <laughs> those sort of thoughts all the time sort of spinning around in my head and and worrying about you know I suppose yeah worrying about whether I'm actually good enough or able to do it and so when you're operating you know like an SIO role which I'm learning I'm a a learning SIO at the minute um you know suddenly me controlling the violet part of my head if you like has been quite a challenge because suddenly you're in a position where you know you're expected just to know what to do and get on with it and um that's quite nerve-wracking in many ways so my insecurities about well have I been in the job long enough to have such a responsibility or do I know enough and all that bit has Mm. come into play uh, Mm. previously and I think it's just understanding that you never really have all the answers Mm. so actually as long as you're able to get over the fact that you're never going to know everything and there is always someone who will know the answer you got to have that humility and the blue bit to come back to say well actually let's just go back and find out what the actual answer is rather than panicking about it and <laughs> yeah, beating myself that I don't know how can I possibly know everything yeah um, and I, I can really relate to that I think because you know I know <clears throat> excuse me for me you know that there is that part of me that kind of 
second guesses or sometimes kind of reflects on something and thinks, oh, maybe I could have done that differently or could have done it better or should I have said that? You know, all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think if you're trying to put yourself out there in a, in a kind of authentic way, that is the risk. It's the risk of second guessing yourself because you want to make sure that you're coming across in the right way. Mm. Um, and, as you, and you're right that it's been realistic that you haven't, you can't have, no one has all the answers as much as people might look to you to have them. Nobody does. So grounding yourself in that, who can help me and who might have that area of expertise or who can direct me with that or give me some, you know, talk to somebody about it can make such a difference, can't it? To kind of feeling like, yeah, I've made the right decision there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, have the confidence to to check your working out. Yeah. Don't assume that. And I, th- you know, I think that's a cultural thing in the police sometimes. And I think that's getting better. But you know, there is that thing where I think people worry sometimes. Certainly when they're thinking of promotion or thinking of undertaking some other sort of specialist role, that quite often when I do mentoring with other people, they talk about, well, I don't really feel like I'm ready. I don't know if I know enough. It's like, no, you need to get over that because you're never going to know it. Or if you speak to a chief constable, they'll say, well, yeah, I don't know everything. That's not my job. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. it's getting your head around it sometimes, I think. Yeah, in the therapy, we, we talk about the concept of good enough. Is it good yeah. enough? Because, you know, there's, you can have that kind of be perfect driver where you want it to be absolutely spot on. And, and it's never really spot on because a week later, you might have made a different decision based on something else, you know. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a moving yeah. feast, a movable feast all the time, I think. So coming back to it, am I good enough or am I, is what I've done, do I feel it's good enough? I think it's probably one of the, a really good baseline to kind of check in with yourself. Absolutely. Over that, you yeah, know? definitely. Definitely. Okay. So we've got that kind of swathe of color going across the top. So tell me a bit about these other colors that you've got going on around. We've got the blue we've so talked about. We've got the blue which we talked about. Um, and then next to the blue is some brown. Mm. um and for me that was like um I think I'm quite dull <laughs> and quite um sort of uh, it's sort of the way I read it it was sort of talks about being relaxed and confident but also being sort of earthy and sort of a little bit dull mm. and I guess that I think if I was to have one color that defines me I'd probably go with brown in that I'm fairly confident in what I'm doing in life, I think. Apart, And this is weird, though, because I've just talked about how unconfident I am. Mm. But when I actually sit down and control the violet bit, then actually underneath there is some solid sort of earth where I think, no, come on, you do know what you're doing. Let's reassure yourself. I am quite laid back and generally sort of easygoing. Um, and I think reasonably solid and quite reliable, but quite genuine as well. Um, and so for me, that was an interesting, I wanted that clearly in there just to represent that because I think you can have a lot of things going on. And the way I've done this mask is it's only colored above the eyes. Mm. So the whole bottom of the mask is uncolored. And I've deliberately done that because I wanted to show that the, the area where your brain is on the mask is really busy. Mm. And it sometimes feels that my head is really busy in my actual brain rather than in me if you see what I mean and the brown bit though is there in the background is like the the bit that you go back to to sort of say no come on just have a moment where you think no don't be silly now you can't like you can't know everything conversation mm. with yourself or you know the fact that I am reasonably all right at what I do and not a terrible person in the world and those sorts of thoughts so it was important that I had it there in quite a sort of lumpy sort of base bit to sort of say 
just calm down. Yeah, I was thinking that because it's, it, it's interesting that it, that is at the bottom. It's almost like this is my this is what I need to come back to. To you know, my, my kind of it's next to the blue as well, and it feels like if I can ground myself and bring myself back to that 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 set of thoughts, you know, and kind of that confidence that is there. Sometimes that violet part, the bit where you might feel a bit, you know, there might be some anxieties there, there might be some what ifs going on, you know, and all of that kind of yeah. thing. But it's almost like, right, hang on, bring myself back down to this level, and it feels like. That's the kind of the, the the brown and the blue are the kind of foundation that that, that violet bit is kind of sat upon. Yeah, because then the violet actually does sort of then shade into black. Mm. So right at the very top, there's like a streak of black, mm. and I suppose that's representing actually if you move away from the foundation bit and you get too immersed in the insecurity bit, then that leads me into depression or like a dark space where the the insecurity almost then can take over, which then puts you in, well, puts me in, into sort of a, not a spiral, but can quite, can tip that sort of thinking into, uh, well, I must be rubbish or, you know, clearly the world isn't very happy with me and those sorts of darker thoughts. Mm. Um, but it's only a small streak at the top because I tend to sort of, if I move away from the base, just tend to sort of float around in sort of a hazy sort of violet sort of uncertainty but then the does do you find that you've learned because I was thinking about that kind of black streak there and I think we all have a potential to have that you know depending on Mm. what's happened in our lives and what's going on Um, and do you feel like you kind of almost have to work your way back through that through that kind of violet kind of insecurity bit into that grounded part is that part of your process that you kind of can because I was thinking there you might dip your toe into that black part sometimes and go hang on yeah. a minute I need to just bring myself back out of yeah there. and then it's like well let's just work back through that and let's just apply a bit of logic so like I don't know um the world thinks I'm a complete buffoon it's like right okay well they could probably think that for several reasons um and that could then make me think dark thoughts but then it's like well hang on that's a bit of a generalized the, the world thinks you're a buffoon well let's just who who really thinks you're a buffoon and there will be some people without a doubt that's fine but it's not the world mm. so then suddenly you sort of tried you've, you've you put some rational thought process into the irrationalness of the insecurity and actually start to th- and the way i do it is just is to go well hang on a minute is that right because that doesn't sound that's a bit extreme what you think in there that everybody in the world thinks you're a buffoon well i don't know everybody in the world so they clearly not everybody does so that's not quite as suddenly that's a little bit better than it was and actually well who really does think that and actually does it really matter and then you start working through that step down process I guess is how I'd think about it where I'd get myself up to a certain level and then have to really then think let's just be sensible now think it through what you're saying is that rational is that actually true does it make sense or is it just you being stupid and it's a bit like that inner chimp thing isn't it where it's like well you're in a chimp's gone raging off and you've you're just going oh yeah yeah it must be right it must be right and then it's only when you have some rational thought you go no let's just be sensible now and think it through and come mm. back to that blue brown sort of level mm. it's like i was just thinking if you're looking at it from a cognitive behavioral point of view or the chimp paradox or you know any of these things that that can help really help if people are interested in them is that what's the evidence for what i'm thinking you know and and that catastrophic thinking or the awful eyes and we can get caught up in that you know we are the worst person in the world and 
you know, we're not worthy and, you know, all of those really difficult feelings and those different, yeah. difficult thoughts. But actually, if you inject some of that rational thought and actually put some evidence in, you know, then that's going to help to kind of create more of a balanced view. Yeah. But and I think, yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it? When you're looking at how we manage our emotions and our triggers as well, because sometimes we might, you know, I was just thinking about that on the inside of your mask, you might get triggered into that black kind of bit more quickly for some things than you would for others you might not hit that at all but you know having a thought process or kind of stepping back and thinking let me review this and where am I at even if you don't necessarily believe it I think working through that thought process really helps to bring down those emotions doesn't it yeah absolutely and you know what I probably then the next day I'll probably go back up and have Mm. to bring exactly the same thought process and have to go re-go through it again in my head because I you know you can I don't have, I can't just do it once and then it's oh that's a bit solved it'll never come back again because it does it'll come back again and I'll have to think right hang on a minute <laughs> and yeah. just re-go through that process um, and I'm not sure there is a way of ever completely stopping these things popping up and you're having to resettle them um, if there was it'd be great maybe you could tell us if there was but um, I'm not sure there is and being able to then sometimes it's quite tiring isn't it you have to keep going back and working through it again but yeah at least you keep working through it and realizing that you've been a bit crazy yeah and it, 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 there, I mean you know there's lots of things to help to give your head a break whether that's you know mindfulness practices or meditation or whatever but and, and they are massively helpful and there's loads of evidence to show that I think sometimes it's recognizing how you know you, know, you as a person actually function and what works for you because it'll it's different for each of us and yeah. you know I know I know for myself that if I go so far down a path you know um, of a particular thought process I can recognize it and I can bring myself back from it because I know myself well enough to be able to do that 15 20 years ago I, I wouldn't have known myself well enough to do that so every time you learn something new about yourself you just get a bit better at it and I think that's the other thing is that you know you learn more and once that self-awareness is there you can't unlearn it you know once you know no. that about yourself you know it yeah, and I think what really helps me is is realizing that it, I'm not unique in in that thought process, and actually it's pretty normal. And everybody probably has these moments, some more frequently than others, but everybody has it at some point. So to me, that really helps put me back into the grounded sort of space. It's like, no, it's not just you. This is pretty normal. And if you've got a really stressful job or you're in a diff, you know, you've got some real high pressure around you, then maybe that triggers me sometimes more than it should do in terms of you know I've had a really bad day at work or a really difficult day at work and that maybe does then trigger other things that flip over into the other part of my life Mm. and it's having to then go back and realize that and work back through it but then accepting that that's pretty normal Mm. yeah absolutely so tell me a bit about these we've got three boxes down the right hand side what they're black as well so tell me a bit about what they represent oh well they're gray oh they're gray okay that was my attempt at shading, Alexis. So very good. It's very impressive. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> so really, the boxes are there um, as some of those things that you carry around with you that um, you maybe can't get rid of or you don't want to get rid of, but you need to put them somewhere. Um, otherwise, they'll just drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. So the way I think about it in my mind is I have a series of like a small warehouse, which has got lots of boxes in it. Um, and so some of the things that you experience at work or in your personal life or whatever it might be that, you know, have I found either really quite upsetting or have really affected me. And 
there's some things that you don't you can't necessarily ever remove but you have to do something about controlling them otherwise it'll just consume you Mm. so you know i have a box that deals with we've talked about this before in other podcasts that we've done about post-mortems of babies Mm. so if that was just floating around my head all the time that would just drive me to distraction so there has to be some way i process it in my own mind to to park it Mm. and without ever probably ever getting rid of it but it's there and I can control it better. So I actually can, I actually visualize it in my mind as like a storeroom with boxes in it. And then the box has got something else in it. And there's some boxes have got topics like child postmortems, but they're all in there. Whether I can ever, ever get rid of them, I don't know. I've never really thought about the need to get rid of them, but it's just the way I sort of deal with some of the, the bits of, and it's not just work-based stuff as well, but some of those bits that have happened to me in my upbringing or in my life that it's like, I don't either don't really know exactly how to deal with that. So I'll put it in a box and I'll leave it. But equally understanding that at some point you can't just keep building boxes and boxes because they'll just take over. So it's, it's that management of it. And almost like having to have some sort of weeding process at some point where you go, right, let's just take that box and try and, resolve it and move on and there has been points where i've done that with some of the bits and i suppose what i'm left with now is the stuff that i still don't really know how to deal with it so they just sit there do you think there's times when there's been more boxes and less boxes than you've got at the minute oh yeah without a doubt um i've definitely got fewer boxes than i've ever before Mm. without a doubt um i think if i was asked well if i was alive to even having this conversation with you 10 years ago then I'd own an awful lot of boxes. Mm. And if you look back to what was happening in my life 10 years ago, I was in a really self-destructive pattern where everything was going a bit haywire, really, and going off the rails in, in many ways. And that was because I wasn't dealing with what was going on in my head properly. But now, and it's been really interesting since we've been working together in the last few years, and understanding some of the things we talk about and the keeping the peace training and all that sort of stuff has been really helpful in me removing some of my boxes and, and making it a much more manageable level. Mm. And I feel comfortable. Now. I don't necessarily want to get rid of some of my boxes. No, and I think, I think potentially there's always something, isn't there? Anyway, I, you know, you know, I opt in and out of therapy when I need to, and I have supervision every month and there's still things that I come back to and, you know, need to process again. And, and I think sometimes as well, as your life changes, as you, you know, as you get older or um, as, as you, as you learn more about yourself, you come back to those things that from a different angle or a different perspective as well. And you have a different view of them. And yeah. um, I know when, you know, often we see um, police officers and, and staff for therapy, often they've got either too many boxes in that warehouse um, to the point they can't shut the doors and it's, you know, it's coming out in behavior and, you know, emotions and everything else. Or um, there's one massive box that's just kind of overloaded and, and is, you know, again, the lid isn't shut on it anymore. And I think it's recognizing and tracking how, you know, how are you storing that stuff in your head and how, how much is it impacting on you on a daily basis and what you need to do or who you can talk to or who can help to, to kind of, I don't know, sometimes just unpack them a bit. You might, put, you might pack some of it back in, but yeah. just understanding it is, makes such a difference, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's not being afraid to have some as well, but yeah. just don't have too many. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
is there anything else you want to say about your mask before we finish is, is that kind of feel like we've covered some of the main things you wanted to show in it yeah no i think so i think um when i think about certainly the inside bit and that violet sort of pattern area i think it's it feels quite liberating actually to be able to so obviously this isn't just a conversation that me and you are going to hear, is it? So <laughs> no. <laughs> whoever's out there is going to, oh, Pete Thorpe's got real insecurities. Well, yeah, I have probably, but um, at least I can try and control them. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. no. Oh, well, thank you. Thank, really. Yeah, I thank you for, I, I really appreciate you putting yourself out there and doing that because I know it's hard to do. And I know um, we were laughing, weren't we, a couple of weeks ago that we, when we decide that we're going to do something, we kind of get it booked in and crack on. And this is something we've kept putting off and yeah. putting off having this conversation. And when we talked about that, it's just because it is such a personal thing to talk about. And, you know, we do know it's going to be out there for people to listen to. So I appreciate you doing that and taking the risk and, and um, being so honest as well about you know the process you've been through completing that exercise but also the reflections you've had afterwards as well no you're welcome i hope whoever listens to it gets something from it yeah absolutely so thank you very much for that and um as i said there'll be a, there's a webinar that will be videoed and recorded um and will be accessible to people through the oscar kilo website that supports this podcast but if you don't watch the webinar, hopefully the podcast will have been helpful as well. Um, just in general, just to kind of think about, you know, how you do portray yourself and what's going on on the inside and, you know, what feels authentic and what feels, you know, is maybe sometimes a bit overwhelming and things that you'd like to do in order to look after yourself, um, which is what, you know, all these podcasts are about. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Keeping the Peace podcast. It's available wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you subscribe, you'll be notified of the next episode as soon as it's available. We'd love to hear your feedback and ideas for future podcasts. So please do comment or get in touch on our social media platforms for either Fortis Therapy and Training or Oscar Kilo.